Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Uh, how are you all doing this morning? Are you good? Uh, and we're in uh, this series just now, and we are looking at the Holy Spirit. And this is a church culture series because really for us, it's like, how, what does it mean for us as a church when we're talking about the Holy Spirit and who he is? Have you ever known something to be true, but not really had the words to adequately sum it up? Which is, I'm like that all the time. Like I just know, but I don't no. Anybody know what I mean? You just, you just know what the wind is, but you don't know what the wind... Like, do you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things that you just you know it, and, and which is a bit of a problem for me in my line of work, because people expect me to know things and be able to explain things. And like nine times out of ten, I just know, but I don't No, I can't put words to adequately describe what people are asking me. And even if anybody in the room has small children will know that at some point in their development, you will come to this place where they are going, yeah, but why? That's the worst question in the world. Why? Why? Yeah, but why? And like, I'll have that conversation where I'm in the car and I'm like, I'm going to pull over on the side of the road in a minute and we're going to stop and you're going to get out because I cannot answer this question anymore. I don't know why the wind blows. It just does, okay? It just does. And you get yourself caught in this kind of scenario where you just know stuff, but you don't know. And I had a question a bit like this last weekend. Last uh, weekend, I went down to Cornwall on the Saturday and spoke at a women's event in the church that my parents got saved in, which is really cool. And on the way down, we worked out that actually it was 30 years minus a week um, since my parents found Jesus and were filled with the Holy Spirit in that very room. We went and stood in the spot where that had happened. And uh, that was like a really cool moment, I just felt like as a family anyway. But while I was there, um, this church was, uh, is a C of E church, an Anglican church. Now their expression of worship is slightly different to the way that we express our worship. And I, uh, going into this environment, didn't really know what I was going to expect as I walked into the room. And um, so I was like kind of trying to, when I was doing my prep, gauge how things were going and stuff. And uh, there was a little bit of family history there so I could pick up on those things to connect with people. But I thought it was probably worth um, like let, letting people know at the time, like I, although my parents got saved here, I have grown up as an absolute hooligan, Holy Spirit Pentecostal. And so right from the off, I was like, we just need to get that out of the way. I am probably going to expect you to yes and amen me. I am probably going to shout at some point and get really overexcited because I'm pumped up with what I've got to say. And so I put that out right from the off and lots of people like laughed and it was one of those funny moments. But then this girl on the second row just went, can I just stop you right there? And in that moment, I was like, this feels like home, you know? Like, and, uh, and she's like, can I just, she's like, what is a Pentecostal? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Everything 
something within me was like... And I tried to not let my face answer her question for her. But in that moment, I was like, we just express our worship differently. (laughs) I was like, that was, thank you, Jesus. Uh, I believe in your Holy Spirit, and you gave me divine guidance in that moment. Uh, But I thought, that's a really good question. What is a Pentecostal? What does it mean for us to be a Pentecostal church? Because that's what we are. Uh, We're a Pentecostal church. We belong to a Pentecostal movement called Assemblies of God. And we are, that's who we are. And, um, but what does that actually mean? And I thought that was a great question that she asked me. I know, Letty, such a good question. And as I was driving home, I was thinking about it. What does it mean for us to be Pentecostal? Now, I know that actually in this room, just me mentioning that word, just me mentioning the word Pentecostal sends all sorts of different ideas about what that means and what that looks like Uh, and I know that there'll be some people in here really excited by me using that word and pumped up and like yes we're a Pentecostal church brother and uh, and then there's gonna be other people in the room like please give it a rest I don't want to know anything about that now um and it's got all sorts of connotations to it. In fact, if you were to uh, Google, so there's coming up on the screen now, if you were to Google why um, are Pentecostals, right? These are the kind of answers that come up. So, <laughs> why can't Pentecostals wear pants? I'm really hoping that's the American version because I did not get the memo otherwise. But, But it's interesting, isn't it? When we mention this word, different pictures are drawn in our minds about what that really means. And isn't it sad that some people genuinely think, why are they so mean? Isn't it interesting that somehow along the the lines that we've become... uh, like got a reputation of being judgmental why are we called holy rollers why why is all these little things why why do we have to describe to people uh, that we get we're a pentecostal church and they go oh you're the happy clappy kind of church and all these different uh, things that come along <laughs> thanks james but actually pentecostalism comes from This moment that James um, uh, explained to us last week in Acts 2, where where the, the, the disciples were all gathered in one place because Jesus said, wait, I am sending another. And when the power and the presence of God came on that place, it says there were tongues of fire above their heads. They spoke in all kinds of heavenly languages. And this, this crazy moment, this wind blew and the, the house where they were meeting shook. And all the people around just came running because they were like, hang on a minute, that's my language. Like, hang on a minute, what's going on over there? And that the same is for us today that's what it means that we believe in the same presence the same holy spirit that met with the disciples in that upper room in those verses that we read is the same holy spirit that is given to you when you say jesus i believe in you come and empower me now to live this life according to your power and not what i have to offer and when we make that decision a pilot light gets set within us A pilot light comes on. The fire of God comes on the inside of us. And that cannot be taken away. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The same presence that was on Jesus that those verses were speaking about is the same 
spirit that is placed within you that you come alive and and the wind can blow and the floods can come and your house can stand firm and sometimes you feel like it and sometimes you don't sometimes you can you can work out where his presence is and what he's doing within you and sometimes you hear nothing but you just know this light that has gone on within you cannot be turned out and that's what we mean when we're saying that we're Pentecostal we believe in this power this spirit of God that is a free gift given to us and it's amazing and our expression of worship matches up with that but the Bible describes two main distinctions of the work of the Holy Spirit and the, uh, the first one is this, the gifts of the Spirit. It says in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7 onwards, it says, Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, that means the outworking of the Spirit, is given for the common good. You know, gifts are given for the good of everybody, okay? Not, yeah. not the, uh, a high-flying moment for the individual. They have a purpose for the body of the church, the people of the church. Uh, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by uh, by one spirit to another miraculous powers to another prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of those tongues all these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines we have the gift of the spirit now I love the gifts of the spirit I, I, I love uh, when we see these wonders that God does in and through people it's absolutely miraculous but it's not the only thing the spirit of God does there's another side to this coin and it is called the fruit of the spirit it says in Galatians 5 verse 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace forbearance kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law we have these two things that work through us there's yeah. these two things that the holy spirit does in us and through us we have the gifts of the spirit and we have the fruit of the Spirit. Both are of the Spirit. Both are of the Spirit. Now, I know that at the very beginning of this, when I started talking about being Pentecostal, and we made a bit of a joke about it, it's good to poke fun at ourselves every now and again. It keeps us, keeps us real. And, but I know that in that moment, there will be two sets of people in the room. And I'd like us to draw a scale this morning. I wonder if you might be like the zealots in the room who are like finally this is what I've been waiting for and you get your tambourine ready at the side and you're getting all excited and you're going to do some shandala you're like ready for it this morning speaking in tongues and all that sort of stuff and you're like yes let me take on the demon sister I've got it and you're the zealots in the room who get all pumped up when you're talking about the gifts of the spirit and you're like yes I'm ready for that and then on the other side of the scale there's the cynics in the room that are like please get me away from all the zealots <laughs> God's not turned up in those moments when I needed him to 
And I'm a bit put off by the lack of fruit that I see from the zealots. And it doesn't always work out and I don't always feel like it. There's two sides of the room today and I wonder where are you on the scale? Where are you on the scale? I think it's a good thing for us to consider where we are on the scale all the time and it's a good indicator from what we can see of the spirit working in our own lives because the truth is this, both things are really important. And actually, if we can figure out that there's actually uh, the zealot side and the cynic side and we can, um, we can take the most of that tension, we can, we can in, be right at the centre of those two things that pull away from one another, what we do is we find that we're actually in the centre of what God wants to do. Yeah, when we allow ourselves to feel that tension and work out where we are on the scale, it's a good indicator to where we are with our understanding, our revelation of the way that the Spirit works within us and through us. Where are you on the scale? Where are you on the scale? Now, I'd probably swing myself probably more to the zealot side of the scale. I'll tell you why. I think for me, I grew up in an environment where I can't unsee some of the things that I've seen. I grew up in a really rich environment where I grew up in a church that was very much on the zealot side, where it was like all sorts of things were kicking off on a Sunday morning, all sorts of things were happening in in, in our house and in our life. And I'd love to tell you some stories today. In fact, I am going to tell you a few stories today because I want us to get excited about the fact that the Spirit of God does want to give us gifts. And the Bible says this, that they will overcome. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb, that's what Jesus did, and the word of your testimony testimony because it gives you courage to say that is who God is and that's what he does I've been in environments where we've come in to the presence of God where God has been we've just been worshiping and my friend was like wearing glasses always had to wear glasses her whole life she walks into this environment she's like oh my glasses are steamed off takes them off and rubs them because she's like I just need to clean them puts them back on she's like they're still steamed up, what's going on? She takes them off again. And then she suddenly gets this revelation. It's not the glasses, it's my eyes. I can see better when my glasses are off. And she was instantly healed. Not because anybody prayed for her, but she's in an atmosphere of faith where God was the centre. I've been in environments where people have had their their backs healed, where they've had deaf ears opened. I've been in environments where the truth is this, that there is a spiritual realm at force. And I've seen demon-possessed people come in and be set free. I've had that experience and I can't unsee any of those things. I've been sat in my living room here in Gloucester just watching TV with somebody. And suddenly, I don't know what happened, but they, just the presence of God came to the room and this person just started to manifest this spirit where it's like all kicking off in my living room. And I'm like, Liam, why have you gone out? <laughs> but God just did something amazing in that moment. And I was like, well, I know the authority I have and I tell you to go in the name of Jesus. And it went And I've seen all these amazing stories. I've experienced all these things as a young girl, a nine-year-old, being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I can't argue with. I've seen a whole room full of people where the the leader gets up and says, so now come fill your people, God. And the whole room flat out in the presence of God. I've seen all of those things and I can't unsee them. I can't even explain them away. I've tried. But I've experienced and I can't unsee any of those things. But do you know what left me as a child was this? 
I see all these amazing wonders, God, of the gifts that you've given us. But sometimes I don't see the fruit in people's lives. I see the gift and I see the wonder of your power at work, God. But when I look at the people you're using, I'm disappointed with the lack of fruit, the lack of gentleness, the lack of self-control, the lack of love, the lack of patience. And I see, God, your spirit working over here in this, all this amazing gifting and all incredible things. But I don't see enough of the fruit And I think I've gone on this journey with God where I understand now that actually God wants to do amazing wonders. That he wants to do wonders through his gifts. He wants to do wonders. And I'm all for signs and wonders. And we pray for those things and we believe for those things and we declare those things. But I also want to be a person that is known for their fruit. I want to be a person that is known as a patient person. I'm working on it. Jesus is working on it with me. I, I want to be known as a person that's a, of gentleness, that when I, feel, when I feel threatened and attacked, I can be gentle even in that moment. When I'm being accused of all sorts of things and I can just have this gentleness that comes with a peace that surpasses all understanding. Because I don't just want to be a person that goes crazy over gifts and doesn't pay attention to the fruit. Because the Spirit of God wants to do both. You see, the Spirit of God does stuff outwardly, and that's the gifting stuff. That's the wonder moment where people get to look on and go, what the heck is that? I cannot unsee that. But the Spirit of God also does stuff inwardly, and that's the fruit. You have the tension of the two. And the fruit has a lot to do with our walk. And I believe that God wants us to be people of wonder and a good walk. The way that we walk out our life is full of fruit. And the way that we walk out our life as we walk in fruit, people will see the wonder of who God is as well. You see, it says this in John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I love that, that Jesus wasn't saying, they'll know if you've healed 10 people and there are no more lepers left. He says, no, 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 you'll be known by your fruit in the way that you love one another. You know, what? when I was telling you that story about um, that person in my living room that suddenly was like, and all this stuff was going on, I was like, oh, and that was an amazing, incredible moment where afterwards we looked at each other and we're like, what the heck was that? And I was like, I don't know what that was. I'll do my best to explain, but it was a wonder. But then I watched that same person now filled with the spirit and, ex- and experiencing this incredible miracle have to learn how to walk in the fruit of the spirit yeah, yeah. so then they had to learn to wrestle with what it means to have gentleness they had to learn to wrestle with what it meant to have self-control yeah. the reason why they got in that place in the first place and I had to watch them as they start to exercise this fruit because the two work together you can have a miracle and a wonder moment but you still have to walk out and experience the fruit both things have to work together. Let's read uh, some distinctions about how this worked um, for the disciples. And, you know, Ali shared this thought this morning that actually 
the disciples as they gathered in the upper room and they were waiting for the Spirit of God to come. They were just ordinary people. Some of them would have been disappointed. Some of them would have been absolute wimps. Some of them would be like, I don't even know how he ended up here, but I'm definitely here, so this is where I'll stay because it's too awkward to leave the room now. Ever been at one of those weddings? No? Okay. Um, but, but, but this moment happened and all these people changed. Disappointment came off. Their courage came up. You've got this wimp of a man called Peter who, who when he'd followed Jesus and seen Jesus do all these signs of wonders and then, and then when Jesus is arrested and then crucified, he denies him outside. They're like, hey, aren't you, aren't you, that, aren't you one of his followers? And he's like, no, not me, not me, not me. And he just runs off. And yet in this moment when the power of God comes on him, when he has this Pentecost moment, he's now brave and boldly preaching. It says he preached and 3,000 people were added to their number that day. Do you see, that's what the Spirit of God can do in us. And let's read another story about how that happens um, in, I don't know where, but it's going to come up on the screen. Acts somewhere, 25, 6 maybe. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. So these guys were boldly preaching, boldly loving, boldly seeing wonders and miracles happen, and they had been arrested and put in prison. And it says they were singing hymns to God, and other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. I love this story because, well, I love this story because what a great story. Uh, we need to get good at sharing our stories, by the way. Uh, in this drive down to Cornwall the other day, we just started sharing stories and poor Lisa just listened the whole way. I, I'm just sharing stories about how God has just doing, done and is doing amazing things. We've got to be good at sharing our stories. Somebody else in the room today might have needed to hear your story over breakfast. And that's why we have that space, because we want to share what God has been doing in in our lives but I, I love this story because in in the context of what we're talking about today you can see the two things demonstrated you can see that suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken there was this crazy wonder of a moment there was this crazy moment where the spirit of God shook the foundations of a prison to the point where the doors opened and all the shackles came off. I'd say that that was a good day at work. Uh, that was a good day. And suddenly this amazing wonder of a moment happens. And then you see a little moment of fruit. Because I don't know about you, 
But if I was found in a prison cell, if I was found in a moment where I, I was stuck and now I have the opportunity to be free, I would have legged it. I would have been out of there. The moment that wonder happened, I'd be like, yep, thank you very much. I'll just skip off home. But Paul and Silas don't do that. They demonstrate more than that. They demonstrate fruit because in gentleness, they say, don't harm yourself. We're all here. He had the self-control, fruit of the Spirit, in that moment. He had the gentleness, fruit of the Spirit, in that moment to know this guy is having a bad day because of my good day. (laughs) This guy is going to be in big trouble because of all of this. And he had the the fruit in his walk was like, we're not going to run away. We're going to stay. And if that means we get put back in chains, we get put back in chains. But I am about fruit and wonder. I'm about gift and fruit. I'm about wonder and I'm about walk. And he stops still in that moment and he expresses something of the fruit of the Spirit. And I want to encourage us today that it's our fruit, that it's our walk, and it is the wonder of God that brings people to a place where they go, I was filled with joy in my whole household. My whole household came to know who you were, God. Because it wasn't just about this crazy uh, miracle that they got to experience, but the miracle had a purpose. The miracle had a purpose because that prison guard and his whole family needed to see something of the wonder of God because God is all-powerful and something of the fruit of God that you'll be known by the way that you love one another. So where are you at on the scale today? Where are you at on the grand scale of gifts, wonder, fruit and walk? Where are you on the scale of zealot to cynic? Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? I saw this uh, thing a little while ago and it was, um, I think it might come up on the screen behind me, but basically these, this couple had invited loads of people to their destination wedding in Jamaica. And uh, a bunch of people RSVP'd, but they didn't turn up. And so they sent everyone an invoice. <laughs> I think it come up on behind me in a minute. But they sent, sent them an invoice and was basically like, this is how much it costs for you to come to our wedding and because you didn't show up here's your no-show invoice can you even imagine that situation I'd have definitely done the same thing wouldn't you Sai I'd have definitely asked <laughs> you can give me the money back but they made they made this this uh, invoice and sent it out to people can you imagine being invited to a beautiful wedding in beautiful Jamaica all expenses paid and you sending the RSVP and saying, yep, yeah, I'm absolutely going to be there. But you don't show up. Can you imagine that? But I think sometimes that's what it's like with us and God. Where we say, 
Yep, RRSVP that. Thank you, Jesus. This feels nice. I'd like to be empowered by your spirit. But then somehow we forget that the pilot light's already gone on. Somehow we misplace our invitation. Somehow we just get busy or just stuff gets going on in our life and we don't turn up, we don't show up for what he wants to do. The pilot light's gone on. And the, and, the, and the Spirit of God keeps putting its ha- his hand on the, the gas to turn it up, to turn it up, to turn it up. And we keep patting his hand off. Or we like, we like it when the Spirit of God turns up, turns up the gas, when, when it's um, all gifts and it's all exciting and we want to see a miracle in our life and we want to see this, that and the other and we desire these spiritual gifts. But then when the, the same Spirit starts to turn up the gas on the fruit, we start patting his hand off. Or some of us, we love it when God is, is expressing this fruit through us. But we don't like it when things start to get weird. We pat, pat his hand off because we don't want to see those things because they make us feel uncomfortable. And some of us in the room need to, need to get real with God and, and get real with what fruit looks like. And some of us need to be okay with getting weird and what weird looks like because it's weird following Jesus, just so you know. And it doesn't always make sense. Imagine if we could be people like that. Imagine if we could be a people that says, yeah, God, you've started a fire within me and I'm not going to hold back anymore, but I'm going to allow your spirit to do wonders through me and I'm going to allow your spirit, God, to produce fruit in my life, God, even though it's uncomfortable and it's hard and it's difficult. I'm going to allow those things. But there's three things that always get in our way. It's this. We start to say, not me. I'm not good enough. I'm not wired that way. I'm a bit middle class. I'm a bit underconfident. Whatever it is, insert there. I don't know that I know that I know that I know that you're for me, God. I don't know all that stuff. We say, not me. The second thing is this, is we say, not God. God's not like that. God's like this. We start to make sense of God through our understanding. Through what we understand of people it's hard to relate to a father God when your father walked out on you we say no not God that's not God that's not God that's not how God works or we say this not today not today talks of us not being comfortable with him taking control any other control freaks in the room I'm one Evie's with me and I'm like not today not today that doesn't suit me God on the bus in the morning that doesn't suit me God in this uncomfortable uh, conversation where I actually want to tell that person that they're an absolute idiot and I want to be aggressive back in the way that they're being aggressive to me not today not me not God not today those are the three things that stand in our way but I want to say to you today yes you yes God yes today yes you Yes, God. Yes, today. Every day, actually. The Spirit of God wants to work in us with wonders. He wants to work in us with fruit. So we're going to respond to Him right now. 
want you to stand to your feet across the room. Consider where you are on that scale and ask God to reveal to you through his spirit how are you getting on with your walk and how are you getting on with wonder Jesus would you come and reveal right now through your spirit God where am I at where have I been rejecting or or forgetting to turn up to what you've invited me to every week of the series we're going to ask the Spirit of God to come and put his hand back on the gas <laughs> that you might receive a fresh revelation of just what he started in you already just what's already been deposited within you that God would empower you to perform wonders that point to who he is that God would empower you to live a life of fruit that stops people in their tracks and says, is that who God is? Look at the way that they are with one another. Look at that self-control. Look at that gentleness. Look at that. Look at that fruit. Look at the way they love one another. If you need a fresh revelation of the Spirit of God in your life today, why don't you just raise your hands where you are and I want to pray for you. us another and that every day is a day of Pentecost for us because it's who you are and God I thank you now that this is a room full of people that believe in you and as we believe in you Lord Jesus you promise that we will be filled and so right now Lord God would you just fill your people afresh would you just stir up that gift within them the gift that's already been given to them through your son that God that you would just come and flood and fill that you would come and shake this room like you shook the room in Acts Lord God that we would be a people who are confident that you have called us to wonders and you have called us to a good walk Spirit of God come and fill in this place Come on, why don't we just uh, exalt him as we finish this morning.
just um, as we were worshiping there, I just had a few things that I felt like God was saying to us. And um, one is that when we're talking about fruit, some of us aren't experiencing all of that stuff. And it comes to this point where there's, you're holding, you think you're holding somebody else hostage with your unforgiveness towards them. But actually you're holding yourself hostage. You're holding yourself hostage from experiencing that fruit. And I, like, there is nothing more painful than somebody doing something so deep within you that you can't bear to forgive them. And you don't want to. And you've built like a tower around it out of self-preservation and rightly so because that was painful and it was wrong. But that unforgiveness that you feel is holding yourself hostage. You've actually built a tower around yourself. You started off building a tower around the site of your pain, but actually now you've built a tower up so high you couldn't get out of it. And the Spirit of God is wanting to bring revelation to you today that actually you withholding forgiveness is placing you in that place not a lack of God's attention to you and not because you're an awful person you're just as awful as the rest of us but Jesus says come all who are weary all who are heavy burdened and I will give you rest and you don't experience rest right now because you're withholding this thing. So we're going to pray as a church family and everybody's going to pray. Jesus, I forgive that person. Let's pause right there. You, you think of that person or people. And now in your mind's eye, why don't you just start to dismantle that wall? God, forgive me for building that wall. As I forgive that person, forgive me. That I might experience your freedom. As I start to put those rocks back down. I forgive that person right now. With me, I choose to follow you. I choose to live in forgiveness. Come by your spirit. Empower me now to live a life worthy of the calling you've given me. That I would be a person of wonder and I would be a person of walk. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that the authority that you give me, that you would come and annihilate those stones that somebody has built up that you by your spirit that it would be in spite of our ability in spite of anything we can do because it is walking in your spirit God is in spite of us it's just a focus on who we're following and God I pray right now by your spirit that you would just break through Lord God that all that dullness that that person has been experiencing all that separation from your presence they've been feeling all that uh, anxiety and all that difficulty 
supporting all that stuff right now, Lord God, that your spirit would move in this moment, that this would become a that day when, God, you moved in my life in such a powerful way, that I experienced freedom, that I saw something of the wonder of an almighty God, and I saw something of the fruit of my walk changed, that the, the way that I walked would be different, Lord Jesus, because of your power and your spirit within me. Jesus' name we pray. Jesus' name.